If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Tonight on Revolt Black News Weekly. But to say there's only one victim to this story is absurd. The sex trafficking crisis and why black women and young people are leading the numbers. Some are saying the response to stop the crisis is slow. We get into it. This story is is so, is too common. I've heard a lot recently about how voting doesn't solve everything. The push for your vote as the midterm elections are just days away. So where does our Gen Z generation fit in? We discuss it all. He knows exactly what he's doing. And the Republican Party, and the Republican, I didn't know she was really talking. And I'm Kennedy Rue with this week's Entertainment Remix as HBCU Homecoming Fever is underway. When they say homecoming, they mean come home. And... It's beautiful. It's something that, that I've been working on for like the last few years. NLE Choppa's new challenge for young people. All of that tonight as the Black News Revolution starts right now. Wakanda Forever Fever is underway as Angela Bassett, Lapita Nyong'o, and Leticia Wright are all giving black female power in the sequel. Hey everyone, I'm Kennedy Rue. Welcome to the show, I'm guest host Demetria Obalor. We will get to all that later, but we begin with the very serious topic of sex trafficking, the black women targeted, and why the system appears to be slow to respond despite the growing alarm. The National Black Women's Justice Institute tells us black women make up 40% of people who have survived sex trafficking. Black young people make up 51% of all prostitution arrests for those under age 18, more than any other racial group. So why are the numbers so staggering and why the apparent lackluster care? That's tonight's top story. Today, my voice will be heard. The story of Piper Lewis holds power. Piper Lewis, the Iowa teen whose voice wasn't heard until it was too late. Her story began like many other young black girls across the country who go missing. Like Piper, many are running away from abusive homes. Sadly, there is only more abuse and danger waiting for them in the streets. But it's how Piper's story ended that caught the attention of the nation and finally got us talking. The law defined in Iowa says that in order for someone to commit human trafficking, they have to coerce by force or fear. And because she was a runaway, and because she willingly went to go live with this person who ended up trafficking her, that's where the loophole is, and that's a problem. This man, 37-year-old Zachary Brooks, was stabbed by Piper Lewis after she claimed he repeatedly raped her. Piper was only 15 years old. I feel for the victim's family. I wish what happened never did, and I truly feel that way. But to say there's only one victim to this story is absurd. When we go to court to try to advocate for a sex trafficked teen, depending on the judge that you have, if the teen is black, they're automatically seen as angry when they're being questioned, and that's really important. That narrative of the angry black woman, it falls to young girls too. So it's part of the reason why I ask you questions about whether you can follow rules even though you disagree with them is that I'm here to tell you the next five years of your life will be full of rules that you will disagree with, I'm sure of it. 
Despite Piper's heartfelt testimony, the judge sentenced Piper to five years of highly supervised probation, community service, and he ordered her to pay $150,000 to the family of the man she said raped her. The message that we're sending to other black girls and other young black girls that are currently suffering and maybe want to outcry, the message that we're sending is that you don't have permission to because you're not gonna be valued and you're not gonna be seen. But why? Why are black women and girls seen in such a different light? Many are pointing to media coverage and what some call missing white woman syndrome. African-American girls comprise over 40% of domestic sex trafficking victims in the U.S. Meanwhile, black girls and women account for only about 15% of the U.S. female population, according to census data. I can name several white women who have gone missing in the past 20 years. Natalie Holloway, Lacey Peterson, Gabby Petito, they're all over the news. And how many missing black women or girls can we name who are missing? We are not allowed to say that we have been trafficked. We're not allowed to say that we have been assaulted. We're not allowed to say that all of these things happen to us because once we do, immediately the justice system and, and people who don't understand, they start digging into, well, what did you do to, to, to cause this? Like, what part did you play in this? And it's just not fair. And joining us today, we have abolitionist organizer Paige Fernandez, anti-human trafficking strategist Ken Henry, and case manager at Journey Out, Tika Thornton. And we're going to get straight into it. I mean, Tika, you've been very candid about your experience as a sexual assault survivor. And when you hear about stories like Piper Lewis, how does that affect you? Uh, well, as a sex trafficking survivor, it's, uh, it's very hard to hear. Um, the situation is basically victim blaming, you know. Um, she was uh, victimized, um, raped, uh, abused, coerced into um, sex trafficking uh, because of her situation. Uh, and this, this story is, is, so, is too common. Um, a pedophile uh, convinced her to, to be a part of something that is just so incredibly heinous. Uh, and when she had no other choice, she she did what she needed to do to survive. And she was granted a, a huge injustice by having to pay restitution to the family of a, of a person, a pedophile, that victimized her. It's, it's truly sad. I mean, that's the part that's particularly disgusting. I mean, after you've been victimized here, and then that's just the horrific cherry on top. I mean, Paige, what are your thoughts about our criminal justice system when it pertains to black women and sexual assault, sex trafficking in particular? Black women and black survivors of abuse are just at significant risk of being criminalized, of being arrested, of being incarcerated. And there is a clear pipeline between physical and sexual abuse and entering the criminal legal system. According to the ACLU, nearly 60% of people in women's prisons nationwide have a history of physical or sexual abuse. But we see this repeatedly, specifically with black women. The study that Georgetown conducted that showed that adults view black girls as less innocent and more adult-like than their white peers. And we see this come through the criminal legal system constantly. And there have been stories that have made headlines like Piper Lewis's story, but we have Sandoya Brown, we have Alexis Martin, Tonalda Hall. We have so many women, black women, who have been harmed and then are further harmed and further 
uh, traumatized by our criminal legal system. No, those are some good points. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, and it was a terrible story coming out of the area where a woman, a 22-year-old woman, escaped her captor after being held prisoner for a month where she was raped multiple times and abused. And what was crazy is that so many people in the community had been speaking out about this, but nobody believed that anything was happening to black women in the area. So for Ken, I mean, that similar case to Piper Lewis there, how can survivors actually protect themselves from the legal system? I'm huge on the collaboration piece because it's obvious this situation here as the other situations is it's a lack of education and you don't have the right people at the table that are making the laws and things of this nature. My current role here, United Against Human Trafficking, um, that's what, we, what my task is doing that in all the areas we expand is to bring law enforcement, service providers, you name it, all together, business owners, the community, medical and making sure everybody's educated, speaking the same language. And that's what we don't have here in this case. And that's why we're dealing with something like this. So can it, when it comes to the victims, I mean, what, where can they turn to? I mean, what programs are actually in place that yeah. are actually doing things? How do we actually get things done? Yeah. You know, there's organizations all over this nation that are doing from drop-in centers that are giving food, clothing, showers to, um, you know, residential. What you want to do, there's hotlines. Um, every, you know, we have a national hotline, but we also have hotlines in different cities. Um, and I know in Louisiana, they just released their parish one. But what I will say is get connected to local task force, get collect connected to local coalitions that are all about human trafficking, because there you're going to find all of those. And it's for community. But I will say this, school boards, they need to be more open to letting us into the schools to teach so we can prevent this stuff. Churches need to be talking about this more because they're involved in the community, letting experts into the churches talking. We need access to go and educate people so this is not happening um, because you have tons of Piper Lewis's out there that just came from a disadvantaged situation and a major dysfunction that makes them pray to guys and perpetrators like this and females, let's add. And just for the ladies, I mean, there's a report from the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation that showed 40% of sex traffic. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Victims are black women. I mean, how disheartening is it? I feel like there's this deep-rooted sentiment in this country where black women have been dehumanized and just been totally left behind in these issues. And I just am curious to know where you stand on it from a personal level. For me personally, it, it's, uh, it, it's tough. When you look at the images that depict human trafficking, they don't show us. Uh, we are not the perfect victim. Um, it makes us feel like we are disposable. Um, sometimes we are in plain sight when we are being victimized. And there's a lot of time where people will overlook us because I was 12 years old when I was, when I was victimized. It was just something that society had deemed this was something that a young girl from this neighborhood and this environment might and could go through. And it's like it's supposed to happen to you to and it's okay because of where it you're is. from and the color yeah. of your skin that somehow this treatment belongs to you. Thank you all for sharing. Tika, I really appreciate you sharing your experience. Thank you very much. Paige, Ken, it's been a pleasure. We really appreciate you all joining us. There's more Revolt Black News Weekly right after the break. Make sure you're registered to vote at vote.org slash Obama and then go vote. Our future depends on it.
Welcome back. We are just days away from the all-important midterm elections from Georgia to California. The push for your vote is aggressive, especially when it comes to an already skeptical Gen Z population headed to the polls. For those of you who are just turning 18 and were only three or four when I was elected, my name is Barack Obama. I was the 44th president of the United States, and I have the best jump shot in White House history. Oh! That's what I do. This week, the Democratic Party used one of their biggest plays to encourage Gen Z to vote. His name, Barack Obama. I've heard a lot recently about how voting doesn't solve everything, and I can see why you might think that. Voter apathy. On average, just 40% of U.S. voters show up for midterm elections compared to about 60% in presidential elections. In 2018, a historic 51% of black voters showed up for the midterm elections. With that being said, black voters could play an important role in determining the outcome of key 2022 midterm races. Notably, black Americans in Georgia account for a third of eligible voters and will cast ballots in a closely followed race between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock that could determine which party controls the U.S. Senate next year. Two black men going head-to-head in a southern state is a historic face-off. Also, unprecedented and historic is the amount of black men and black young voters considering Republican candidates, a trend that could offset the Democratic candidates' chances to win and continues to raise concerns for the entire Democratic Party. Black women favor Democrats by a margin of seven points more than black men. Black voters over 50 favor Democrats by a 26-point margin compared to their younger counterparts. So what exactly are the key issues at stake? According to the NAACP, 2022 black voters are most concerned with racism, inflation, criminal justice slash police brutality, affordable housing, and gun violence. And with seven in 10 black people in the U.S. eligible to vote, the black vote is just as important as ever before. And all eyes will be on not only Georgia, but Pennsylvania, Nevada, Ohio, Arizona, and Wisconsin, who all could potentially decide who controls the U.S. Senate in this midterm election. All right, and joining me for a virtual roundtable about the importance of the black vote in the 2022 midterm election and the issues that matter most, our Republican congressional candidate for the 38th district in Texas, Wesley Hunt, social media influencer A.B. Burns Tucker, and political analyst Jonathan Harris. Thank you all so much for joining us. A.B., historically black voters tend to vote Democratic, but there's a survey coming out just now from the Pew Research Center that shows some may be considering switching candidates this year. What, in your opinion, is causing this shift? I think the reality is that a lot of black people are concerned about their money, right, about the economy, and that is one of the talking points that Republicans are really driving home this year. I think it also comes from just a lack of understanding about how things work in the legislature and how long it takes to make change. Right. So for a long time, black people were like, look, when I was poor, you taxed me more. Now I got a little bit of money. You still taxing me more. <laughs> like, where is my break? Where do I get help? Right. Um, and the Democrats, right, they're doing things and they're making changes and they're helping other people. But it doesn't seem to trickle down to us sometimes. And so I think with that perspective, black people are like, I'm hopping shit because I've been on this side of the aisle for so long and I've been waiting for my piece of the pie and I still ain't got it. So let me try to go to other side and see if maybe there's an option here for me. Well, it's interesting what you said, A.B., because I feel like it comes down to messaging and communication and whatever side of the aisle that you fall on, I feel that Republican strategy has been able to trump 
Democratic strategies when it comes to this. And so, Wesley, of course, you come in on this. I mean, when you hear about this slight migration and voters maybe going to the red side, I mean, I mean, what's your take on it? Right now, Americans are just flat out struggling. Uh, I just turned 40 not that long ago. This is the highest inflation I've seen in my entire lifetime. This is the most I've paid for gas in my entire lifetime. This is the worst border crisis that we have seen, born and raised right here in Texas. Four and a half million people have entered our country illegally. This is the worst crime I've seen in my lifetime. When I'm in a barbershop and I'm talking to grandma that lives in my district, black grandma that lives in my district, the insinuation of doing away with police, the insinuation of defunding the police, the insinuation of having open borders and all this stuff, which makes our communities disproportionately less safe than others, is a problem. And it's happened over the course of the past two years. I just read an article this morning, 50 people were shot in Chicago this past weekend. That's insane. And so I think what people are looking at is, is this, two years ago, maybe my life wasn't perfect, but I'm certainly worse off now than I was then. And black people are smart. Black people are realizing that, look, at the end of the day, I'm not doing as well as I was then. And so that's why voices like mine kind of start to come out and start to listen. They say, you know what? Black people are not monolithic. We don't have to vote one way. Yeah, so let's let's bring both sides in on it because I see you over there uh, shaking your head earlier, uh, Jonathan. Let's get to you. Is there some truth to what Wesley's saying? <laughs> no. First of all, inflation happens every year, which means prices go up every year. It's higher now because we just went through an entire global pandemic. Inflation is lower in the United States than in countless other countries like ours. We are in single digits. There are countries that are in double-digit inflation. Rather than just tell people truth, I think Republicans have decided to just lie, but I think that the right tends to pander to a kind of anti-intellectualism. So Democrats are kind of a big tent party and they try to offer an intellectual intelligent solution. If you think that the country's not better off now, you're just not paying attention and you're not being honest. Well, AB, I mean, do you care to chime in on this at all? Yeah, absolutely. I think that when we talk about the economy, right? Yes, there is inflation and yes, things are getting more expensive, but the reality is what is the Republican plan to help fix that, right? So it's not enough just to say like, oh, well, the Democrats, because of their spending bill and because of all these things that they're putting forth, like they're they're mess, they're messing you guys up and they're not helping you. So what is your plan to help us? I think the other aspect of it is going back to intellectualism, right? You're hoping that people remain dumb so they don't realize what's going on. There has been an increase in disconnect between understanding how voting works, how each of the parties work, how each of the branches of our government work in tandem together to make things happen, and the time it takes to change those things. So if we continue to shift back and forth, where two years we cool with the Democrats, and then two years, the next two years, we kind of cool with the Democrats, but we really more cool with the Republican Party, we're never gonna get anywhere. We're gonna stay in this space where everybody is confused and things are not moving forward. Uh, just one last question here. I mean, there's a large population of young voters, Gen Z, millennials, who have apathy and even more than that, feel like there's no real reason to vote because they believe that no change is even possible. And so, Wesley, I mean, you represent Texas and Texas has one of the largest population of black voters. I mean, how would you respond to that? Yeah, I'll respond to that by Texas actually gained two new congressional seats um, and one presumably from New York and the other from California. And you're welcome, America, because I think we got it right here in Texas and we got it right here in Florida as well. And I think it's up to us to talk about why Texas is Texas and what makes us who we are. 
we have low taxes, we have low regulation, we have a lot of freedom here, we have a lot of autonomy here, and that's why so many businesses and so many people are flocking to our state. And I think that like that's what really is what the is what the whole impetus behind making sure that we get this message out to the next generation and the next generation to the one after that. All right, and, and just just one more question, because I'm curious, a, a majority of black people in this country, according to Pew Research, are in favor of reparations in some form. I mean, how would you respond right. to that? Are you for reparations? Are you against them? Absolutely not. I've gotten this far about it. I've gotten this far by having two good parents that raised three children. We all went to West Point, oh, all God. three of us. Um, I went, I have three master's degrees from Cornell University. My brother went to Harvard. Uh, my sister has a master's degree in applied. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I had a master's degree in mathematics, was a West Point professor, all in one family. And that's because nobody owes us anything. Okay, we get it. You don't, you're, no reparations for Wesley. AB, what about you? Yeah, hand your reparations over because I, I also have two bachelor's degrees, a master's degree, awesome. and I'm now in law school. It cost me, and I worked my butt off every single day, and I'm also in a tremendous amount of student debt that yeah. the Republican Party feels like I shouldn't get no help trying to pay off my student loans. I was going to say, they don't want you to have help with that either. And you feel like I don't need help to help pay off these loans? That's what I have an issue with. I have an issue with the fact that I'm glad that you grew up in a great family and you had a great background, but there are people who did it who still have issues that need to be addressed, and they still need help and assistance. You, we tell people to pull themselves up by their bootstrap all the time. And then once we pull them up, we tear them down once again. And that is part of the issue. Absolutely. Reparations is, is important and, and the direction we need to go in. One of the things that I think is so dishonest about the Republican Party is this. What he's doing is saying, I had an individual experience. And so that individual experience should be projected across the entire history of the United States. We should therefore ignore redlining, and we should ignore systemic uh, denials to the rights to vote and what happens when multiple generations are denied the right to vote because he had a good upbringing. He's smarter than that. He knows exactly what he's doing. All right, guys, allow me the last word here. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. I mean, obviously, this is a topic that's been debated and will continue to be debated over the next several decades. Stay with us for the entertainment remix and who's in the system when Revolt Black News Weekly returns. He's coming. Without the Black Panther, Wakanda will fall. Vibranium, he's covered in it. That can't be good. Let's go! Now is our time. Wakanda Forever Fever is coming on strong. Angela Bassett, Leticia Wright, and Lupita Nyong'o are back for the Black Panther sequel, which hits theaters November 11th. Welcome back, everyone. Time now for the latest entertainment headlines. My girl Kennedy is here. What's up, Kennedy? Hey! Hey! <laughs> Wakanda Forever. And we've got HBCUs in full effect, and that's just one of the stops we make as we roll through the remix. It's just a trial separation, Jax. 
I didn't get married to sleep alone. The cast of Hulu's Reasonable Doubt attended a special screening of the legal drama series organized by the African American Film Critics Association. Having black women in the driver's seat for this story is important because, first of all, Carrie Washington's phenomenal. Star McKinley Freeman praised the Kerry Washington executive-produced legal drama. The writers are phenomenal. We had a, a black female DP, black female sound, like everything. Um, so for me, it's dope because I'm all about supporting black women. My grandpa, my grandmothers, my mom, I said, like, that's what we're here for. So to not only do that, but to be in a world where um, you can express yourself as an actor uh, transparently and authentically uh, in a way that other brothers watching the show with their ladies can be like, I, that's me. Um, that's important. We can sleep together. <laughs> it's back. After a 16-year break, the iconic drama-filled reality show, The Surreal Life, returns. The celebrity-packed slumber party has countless cameras watching Tamar Braxton and Dennis Rodman's every move. Social experiment is back. Put some clothes on. Housemate Kim Coles told Revolt Black News joining the reboot, airing Mondays on VH1, was a no-brainer. I wanted to do it because of the nostalgia of it, and so I knew that it was going to be new and fresh and exciting and uncomfortable and mostly an adventure. And who doesn't want an opportunity to just show up just as you? And and I and I said this on another interview that I think you don't say yes to this kind of thing if you don't think that it's going to be possibly good for you in some way, right? And 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 you get paid, which is nice. <laughs> We've all seen Dennis Rodman's dog. My demons, my problem. It's been a minute, but comedy pair Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele reunite. Greetings. We are the magician mortician, the artiste of the afterlife. The popular twosome star in Netflix animated movie, Wendell and Wild, begins streaming Friday just in time for Halloween. And Autumn is bringing us a brisk music overload. First, after a long music hiatus, Rihanna finally returns to the airwaves with a brand new song, Lift Me Up. The single drops Friday and is featured on the upcoming Black Panther Wakanda Forever soundtrack. Bitch, don't tell me that you matter if you ain't been involved. Drake in 21 Savage's video for Jimmy Cook's revealed their joint album, Her Loss, also lands this weekend. They'll share Friday's release date with Young Gravy's third album, Marvelous. And Miss Coco Jones is steaming up our fall, y'all. The rising R&B star just premiered a very sexy new music video for her single, I See You. Everybody says, oh, going to a black school is like utopia. You know, it's not the real world. Homecoming. The return to a place that was unlike any other space in the world. The HBCU documentary The Return is streaming on the Black Experience on the Xfinity Channel. Executive produced by Will Packer and directed by our very own executive producer, Ali Muhammad. The film is a love letter to the HBCU experience. When they say homecoming, they mean come home. The return follows students in 2021 as they return to campus after a year in lockdown to carry on the vibrant HBCU legacy. 
Jaden Smith and singer Rory are teaming up to host the Atlanta Arts Festival Halloween edition October 29th and 30th. Mama crying, can't survive. She lost her mind. She's stressing out. She needs to pay bills. Son took her money. Daughter hungry. Bought the shit. There's no refunding. She's hostage. The two-day event will celebrate the city's unique art scene at Underground Atlanta. Tickets on sale now at theartsatlanta.com. Kiki owes the gang. They gave him weight, but he was weak. He has a week, but he will be king. And Papa Daddy used to trap his sons of men, but men don't cry unless they're trapped in. It ain't nothing but them tears in the trap. Tears in the trap. It ain't nothing but them tears in the trap. Tears in the. It ain't nothing but them tears in the trap. Tears in the trap. Now to our roundup of legal headlines that the culture is following, including Little Dirk cleared of charges. We get to all of the details as we check out who's in the system. But first, on the ground in Los Angeles, as Black Lives Matter grassroots demand action for the resignation of Kevin DeLeon following the racist leaked audio of council members. The longer he's in office, the more harmful he can be. We know that, for instance, Skid Row, which is um, the largest unhoused community in the country, is in Kevin DeLeon's district. He's created conditions where black people are 8% of the city of Los Angeles, but 82% of Skid Row residents. So the longer Kevin DeLeon is in office, the more his anti-blackness meets out in terms of policy. Earlier this week, DeLeon apologized for his silence and called it a bad joke when he compared Mike Bonin's son to a designer bag, saying it was directed at Martinez. Switching gears, in Kansas City, the community turns matters into its own hands against an alleged serial killer targeting black women. Timothy Hazlitt Jr., as far as we know right now, he has pled not guilty in court. Ryan Sorrell, founder of the KC Defender, cracked the lid on this case as several residents reported missing persons cases unresolved by police. It's what he and his team found out next that has them going further. We did discover some incredibly horrific social media posts from him that documented that he was both racist and white. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Supremacists, and so, you know, we're going to continue to do investigation and talk to people in the community to gather as much information as we can. And out of the system, Lil Durk was cleared of charges in connection to a 2019 shooting. The Chicago-based rapper off the hook for the shooting that took place at the famous Varsity restaurant in Atlanta. His attorneys say his felonies he was charged with should have been dropped long ago for a lack of evidence. 
All right, let's move on to the headlines beyond our borders, which includes French Montana's aid to help in the African diaspora. Time to go black all over the world. First stop, we land on the continent of Africa, where French Montana's commitment to make health care accessible to the masses is getting major props. Feeling like I'm fresh out, boost. If they want the drama, got the ooze. Ship the whole crew to the cruise. Doing shit, you don't even see him move. Ride with me. I was born in Africa too. I was born in Morocco, North Africa. And um, when I got there, I just saw my face and all these kids' faces. You know, and um, I always believed that healthcare should be a right, not a privilege. The Moroccan-born rapper has been an advocate for pregnant mothers and kids. Montana was honored this past weekend with an Innovator Award for raising $226 million for aid in Uganda at the Pencils for Promise Gala in New York. Pregnancy, delivery, and immediately after birth. And close to 27 of, 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 of 1,000 live births, babies who are born alive, 27 died. The lack of access to services in Uganda is concerning as Ugandans are still dealing with the aftermath of COVID-19 and present-day Ebola virus. Montana recently launched Naki Healthcare, a space for recovering addicts and mental health services. So we salute the hip hop star as he continues to make moves to help others. Next stop, Russia. Brittany Griner denied. I've been here almost eight months and people with more severe crimes have gotten less. This week, Brittany Griner appeared by video to appeal her nine-year sentence. The court upheld Griner's conviction on drug smuggling charges, clearing the way for her to serve her jail time with credit for time already served. The denial of Brittany Griner's appeal is another repudiation of justice, which only compounds the original injustice of her detention. These developments also add pressure on the United States government to negotiate a deal for her release. The excessive and disproportionate sentence of nine years in a penal colony. Nothing in the previous sentence, nothing in the result of today's appeal changes the fact that the United States government considers Ms. Griner to be wrongfully detained. This week's ruling means Brittany Griner will have to start serving her sentence soon, although it was not immediately clear if she is out of legal options. I also apologize for this mistake. I, I, I said in my first court that yes, I plead guilty. Uh, I did not intend to do this, but I understand the charges brought against me. So far, Brittany's legal team has not indicated any plans to take the case any further. We want her here, we want her back, and man, just pray for her and her family. Last stop, Haiti. There are more questions than, than answers. So prior to the president's assassination, Haiti was already going through a difficult period. We get a firsthand understanding of what's really going on on the Caribbean island, which is still suffering from the lack of leadership, gang violence, and a plummeting economy. It's a very powerful gang coalition called the G9, led by former police officer turned gang leader named Jimmy Shirizia, better known as Barbecue. He is demanding the resignation of the current interim prime minister who was put in place following last year's assassination of the country's president. 
In response to their turmoil, Haiti has received aid from the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. Little has been done by the government itself in terms of keeping up with what is really going on in the streets. When you talk to a mother that's living in one of these communities, doesn't have access to potable water, that's surrounded by gangs, you know, is fearful of being raped or has been raped or her children has been raped, um, or she's somebody's been killed in front of her, shot indiscriminately, you know, what do you do? How do you respond to that? We stay tuned in as more problems loom as hospitals have closed from fear of a cholera outbreak. Up until recently, public health officials really thought this country was on the road to eradicating cholera, and now we're seeing its resurgence because people just have not had access to clean drinking water. We'll stay on these headlines. Meantime, there's more Revolt Black News Weekly when we return. Welcome back. We leave you with rapper NLE Choppa's challenge to encourage young people to put down the device and pick up a book. Mm -hmm. It's a challenge that comes with some cash, money, money inspiration. But the response to meet the challenge is what makes NLE Choppa a revolutionary of the week. My purpose expands in so many different categories. Rather it's reading, rather it's helping somebody with math, rather it's helping someone with their diet or health. Just being able to help and heal and show that I'm a, I'm a trailblazer, I feel like it's the big thing. Do y'all remember when I told y'all I was going to keep coming back? I chose the reading challenge just to start somewhere. Um, because it reading helps with just com basic comprehension. They were failing school, and after I implemented that challenge, basically they're not failing anymore. They're one of the top schools in the city. Y'all exceeded the goals, okay? Y'all They all read these words, and the goal was just a hundred thousand words. I'm like, yo, y'all smashing the goals. Like, why well, didn't I put a bigger number on it? But it like let me know how much they took it serious and how much they were willing to work towards it and by the end of the year they read 26 million words as a whole school i mean it's beautiful it's something that that i've been working on for like the last few years and um being something or being someone starts with just basic discipline rather is reading or working towards a goal i mean it's just basic discipline to stay on a journey to achieve something it teaches them that you can achieve things that probably you thought wasn't possible, or th things you thought was a milestone goal. And if you just go that extra mile to do it, you can achieve it. I find it one of the most beautiful things I've accomplished since I became who I am, in Ellie Chapel, whatever name, but because I, I feel it because it's, it's me, it's Bryson. You know what I'm saying? It's really, outside of the entertainment thing, that's really who I am as a person. I love to inspire, I love to be a light for the people, and especially for the kids. It starts with the kids. It's way harder to change uh, a grown-up's habit, but it's way more easier to change um, a kid's habits because they're not too far in, they're not in too deep. And um, it's just it's just a bigger purpose to me. It probably looked like, but I think everybody gets it, but I don't think everybody really get it, get it. I feel like like it's, it's revolutionary, you know what I'm saying? Because as an artist, we, we, we're taught to um, talk about certain things or talk about this, but you don't get too many artists that come back to the youth 
will be in every school in Memphis implementing these programs, things that can better our community. One of the best rappers will be right in their face and telling them something positive instead of being right there trying to get them to do the negative. So um, I feel like it can really change Memphis first and foremost, and then what I can do can really change the world as a whole. Changing lives one book at a time, that is so awesome to see. It really is, there's nothing like a nice book. It smells like history. All right, that does it for us. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and till next time, peace. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.